Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Well, guten tag. Welcome, Dostvidanie assholes. It is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. <laughs> Happy to be back with you once again. Uh, with me in the DG Crew Lounge, I have... None other than the PC gamer, the Sultan of Steam, itching to send an NPC to their radiation-riddled death to start Project Purity. It's Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Welcome to the show, Fergus. G'day, JB. And come on, folks, you son of a bitch. Just yeah, get in there just and fucking get, the- get in there and turn on the bloody pump, mate. <laughs> uh, also with us, the gaming chef, the Earl of Emotional Damage. He's hungry for some roasted Bulbasaur with a side of Chico Fritters and Bud Sorbet. <laughs> it's Simon Steely McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Steely. Oh, thanks, Joe. I can just feel it getting, touching my stomach lining right now and passing through my colon afterwards as well. That would be just so nice. It Yum. would be nice to have a Pokemon pass through your colon. Is that uh, <laughs> is that what? Uh, yeah, that yeah, that's that is correct. That's just been confirmed. Uh, just a couple of little diglets, you know. Yeah, <laughs> fantastic. Also with us, uh, last but not least, the Nintendo Queen. She's planning on defying Steely's wishes and playing Assassin's Creed Mirage to satisfy her thirst for blood and violence. It's uh, Casey C Mac McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, C Mac. Thanks, Joel. Got Simon here shaking his head about the uh, Assassin's Creed news that's just come out. I'm telling you, the only thing that that would satisfy <laughs> her with is the fucking divorce papers that she'd be asking for if she decided to do it. Emotional damage! <laughs> and there we go. Number one already dished out for the night. It's early in the piece, but, uh, but yeah, very, very good. Uh, now, this week we're going to kick off with uh, Ferg, who has told me he wants to give us a quick review roundup of a handful of games that came out recently. Over to you, uh, Fergus. Absolutely, JB. That's what I thought I'd do. You know, our listening base, we're busy people. They've got things to do, places to be and see. So what I thought I'd do was if they're, you know, strapped for time and haven't caught up with a lot of the reviews on roundups of a few games that have just come out recently, I thought I'd bring a few to our attention. So the first one, a little bit disappointed. I was really hoping that this was going to be the dark horse game of 2022 it's flown under many people's radars um and it's a game we haven't actually talked about on the show and that's uh saints row the uh, the rebooted saints row so it's it's been a while since we've had a saints row game i think the last one came out i think that was saints row 4 back in 2013 so it's been a little bit quiet so there was a bit of enthusiasm about a you know a re-entry into the series um games the original ones i actually quite enjoyed i think they were unfairly compared to gta quite a bit and sort of dubbed as the poor man's gta you know if you ordered gta on wish um saints row would would be what would turn up in your letterbox so mm, nice. um this one came out a couple of weeks ago maybe three weeks ago 23rd of august on pretty much everything pc playstation xbox one and everything in between um and the reviews, unfortunately, to report, not great. We're sitting at a 62 meta score on Metacritic, mm-hmm. and what's even more damning is the user score of three. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Unfortunately, I think the general consensus is that it's not, shit. not great. Um, mm. I mean, IGN gave it a 6 out of 10, and um, Tristan Ogilvy over there summarised it as, the new Saints Row has shed its shark-jumpy silliness and smutty tendencies in favour of to 
favour of a return to its open world gangland roots. While there is a decent amount of fun to be had chasing collectibles and causing chaos, outdated mechanics and repetitive mission design meant that by the end of my time with the New Saints Row, I was desperate for something that could generally surprise me like a slap in the face from a 40-inch dildo. Um, (laughs) And I think that was the general consensus. I think sort of starts off promising and then sort of dies away reasonably quickly. So that that's really disappointing because I was sort of hanging out and hoping that that one was going to be a bit of a surprise packet uh-huh. this year, but not to be. Well, uh, over on Metacritic, the response was simply... Uh, I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it! <laughs> yeah, not, not good for the reboot of Saints Row. Um, the next one... Disney Dreamlight Valley, which was a game that C-Mac brought to our attention a couple of months ago. Yeah, this one came out last week, and you can pretty much play it on everything. So that's Switch, PlayStation, Xbox, Mobile, PC, um, the whole sort of foray of pretty much anywhere you can play games. And um, for those who may not be familiar, it's, it's described as a life simulation adventure game where you can live magically alongside Disney and Pixar characters, and it's drawn... A number of comparisons and it's got a whole stack of similarities with a game which is uh, well loved by the DG crew which is Animal Crossing so it's in mm. its early access um, so there isn't a Metacritic score but it's received on the early access stuff an 8 out of 10 by IGN and it's mm. got a 93% approval r- rating on Steam so wow. the initial well done uh, Dreamlight Valley yeah the initial reviews on this one are um, are, are quite positive so I know one of the concerns that we sort of had when we were first talking about this game was in regards to my microtransactions um, and how that was going to work for this game so in early access microtransaction over at Disney (laughs) oh absolutely they love making money over there so early access there isn't (laughs) any to date but when the game comes out of early access there will be microtransactions but of course there will yep but it's been reported and everything that I've read that this is going to be sort of microtransactions which have no uh, effect on gameplay progression and it's really just going to be for collectibles and cosmetics and stuff. So um, promising signs there for, for this one. I think if you're a fan of Animal Crossing, it's definitely worth going and, and checking out. Um, mm. Again, mm. IGN, what was their verdict? They said, Disney Dreamlight Valley is an awesome life simulator that flexes its iconic characters to riveting, satisfying effect adding these instantly recognisable villagers to your magical kingdom and forging friendships with them through quests is a blast, even when many of these amount to mundane village errands. Even with a ton of bugs and a missing final act in the early access state, spending 40 hours running around with this gloriously... No, running around with the gloriously beefy Mao from Moana and cooking meals with Remy from Ratatouille, it was a consistently delicious treat. So that one looks looks promising. So we'll keep an eye on that one and when it comes out of early access. Um, what else we got here? We've got a game which I was sort of looking forward to. I talked about it uh, many episodes ago, and that was Call of the Wild, The Angler, which is the new one from Expansive Worlds on PC. They were the same team that bought us the Hunter Call of the Wild. So The Angler is, is like you can probably guess, is a fishing simulation game in an open world. And sad to report that they've... Uh, They've failed to hook us with this one. Um, mixed reviews on Steam, it's sitting at 41% positive, and the Metacritic score is about 63. So, disappointing. It sounds like this is a case of um, a game where the bones are good, but they've released it in a state where it's a bit rough around the edges and it's um, it's lacking a bit of content up front, which is disappointing. So, that kind of sucks, but this is a developer that... Um, yeah, they put a lot of work in their games and service them from a long time. So there's no doubt they're going to rectify all the issues. It's just disappointing that, you know, you can't sort of experience the game for what it's going to be on day one. Um, quickly, just to wrap up, let's do some quick hitters. One that um, Simon shared his joy for last week, Lego Brawls, 45 Metascore on Metacritic. Looking like wow. a bit of a train wreck, that one. What else we got? Oh, we got... Fucking stinker <laughs> like a shit on the grass. <laughs> we got the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Bunga Collection, which was it's basically 18... Sorry, 18, 13 classic original games. That one's on Xbox. It's had some positive positive comment commentary around. That one's got an 82 meta score. A um, couple of games which the DG crew are going to talk about more shortly. Uh, one Splatoon 3 on the Switch. That's got... 
some really, really positive reviews. That's sitting on an 84 meta score on Metacritic. Not as high as I would have expected, but uh, mm. yeah. Okay. Me either, JB. I think I boldly, when we did our over and unders, I think I predicted that one to be the highest scoring Switch game this year. So it hasn't yeah, quite got well, there, but... That's uh, disappointing. So. 80. 80. <laughs> 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 I lose. But, you know, 84 is nothing to uh, scoff at. That's still... Uh, uh, a very high score and yeah everything I've read about it critics are saying it's more of the same and it's excellent so mm. um, and another one Last of Us Part 1 which came out I think last week PS5 has got a score of 89 and again very very positive around that um, and I'm sure you've got some good thoughts about that as well at some yeah. point JB well, so. so it fucking should uh, get a good score because that game is a bloody masterpiece, if I do mm. say so myself. I don't know what you can really read into. I, it's an interesting one. I mean, that game came out a long time ago. It's been remastered. Now it's been rebuilt and re-released again. Um, that 89 score, interestingly enough, is lower than what I think the remaster was. But as you're going to go into it, it's, it's going to be the the version to play if you've never played these games. So Absolutely. I don't know how much you can read into that that score i think yeah it's a bit tricky to uh review a game that's in its third iteration but anyway i digress there's some some reviews for us well look there's still in my opinion a lot of meat to be had on that bone Mm. um uh so i will go into it but i won't go into it just yet uh up next we've got c mac with some first thoughts about splatoon 3 and maybe that might Shed some light on why the uh, why the Metacritic score was uh, eighty four lower than you thought. Yeah, mm. so we got. I didn't even realize that Splatoon actually came out on Friday until Simon came home from work and was like, "Splatoon's out, let's go!" <laughs> it's very exciting. Mm. Um, yeah, I, of course I've played all the Splatoon games, and you're right. It, it is has been very same same. It pretty much what I compared it to call of duty you know just you just it's similar but everyone jumps on board because it's you know everyone wants to play together so it's online but um yeah it's it's splatoon it's fun it's irritating that we keep getting communication errors and it kicks us out or boots us out before we get into matches so sometimes we're waiting a good two to three minutes and then just communicate communication error so that's been frustrating, but the game in itself, it's pretty much just like jumping right back on the bike. It's exactly the same as the other two games. So it's very familiar, which I like because I don't have to learn anything new. Um, Is it too really similar done... though to the other games? Have they got enough? I'm going to be on. Yeah. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't see any difference at all. It feels exactly the same. So oh, well. there you go. Like, yeah. Well, this can only go <laughs> fucking well. <laughs> <laughs> But it's fun, you know, like it's it's good and it, it, you kind of have to buy it because you can't really do online of the other two games because no one's there. They're all on the mm. new game, so... Especially mm. not on the Wii U. But yeah, Simon can um, probably maybe shed a bit more light on the other um, modes there are for the online multiplayer because I've only just played the Turf War, which I really enjoy. It, it's it's funny because I the whole idea is turf war. You've got to paint the most amount of map, right? And here I am pulling pulling my teams, pulling the weight, just painting my everything. I paint the home base, and they're all just off fighting each other in the middle of the map. There I am, just like and I'm winning it for everyone. So you want me on your team? Because <laughs> Playing the team game. I do the job right. Well, there yeah. you go. <laughs> but um, Casey on your I, team. I mean, that's right. <laughs> but I did a bit of the um single player today and Simon says it's good so we might give it a bit more of a go but the multiplayer is really what it's what it's all about but you, you yeah you know yeah the, um... no yeah 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 I, um look hey um Casey's right it's it's kind of a, a lot more of the same of what the other two games is is this um a, a bad thing not necessarily because I think there is something incredibly addictive about the hook of Splatoon um, just the hook of the matches because it is a shooter unlike any other where it's not all about just taking each other out and getting kills. It's more, it's, I feel like the tactical aspect of painting as much as you can, um, just like Casey said, and the reason why she pulls home so many victories is because (laughs) 
that's the bit that really changes the dynamic of it from being a traditional shooter. And I think that's why it's so exciting to and play. It, and it's just fun because you can choose either to paint with a big splat roller or with a with a gun or with mm. a paintbrush. There's different ways. And I go the splat roller because it gets the most coverage. Yeah. I'm all about, I'm all about painting. <laughs> you know, that's the whole, the whole thing. But I love that yeah, yeah. Um, in the other online modes that are available that, um, you know, there's a couple that all return from previous games. So... I mean, one of my favourites being um, the Rainmaker, which I haven't played yet, uh, but I've played um, the the Tower Control mode, which is super fun. It's frantic as anything, and if you have a really good team, it, it can get quite strategic in the way that you have some people that are just trying to take the other team out, some people that are trying to capture the tower, and then some people that are trying to gain their specials or just throw bombs to maintain control. So is that control. about painting whoever paints the tower? The no, 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 it's about how you need to get on top of the tower. You okay. need to you need to paint the tower with your colour and, and maintain control of the tower. If right. one of the other team gets on top of the tower, then they get control yeah, okay. and there's different checkpoints. It's a really fun mode and it's fast paced. It's annoying as hell when you get people on your team that don't know how to play. But um, <laughs> it is a really, really Maybe. cool mode. And the thing is though, I, I look, I, I'm in two minds about Splatoon 3 because as much as I would like there to be something new and fresh and exciting that isn't just the card game that you, know, you can play within it, the card game's all right, but it's not like... It's not anything mind-blowingly new. I think it's it's weird that that is kind of the main new thing apart from what is the that, new campaign. Game? It's it's a card card game within the game where you play it just like a turf war, but it's like a puzzle game. It's cool, but it's it's a bit you know it's just kind of like it's nothing to be excited about for for you know this to be Splatoon three. It, it does feel like Splatoon two point five. You know what um, would have been nice would have been an option for couch co-op. Like, I always feel like, mm. what, why, I sit down, I go, oh, let's play together. And Simon goes, you can't play together. It's not a, it's not a couch co-op or, you know, so that's, that's one disappointing thing I was hoping to have is I could actually play like a Mario Kart game with Simon, you know, do a, do a match that way somehow with some NPCs or even if it was online, play with, with you in my team. So anyway, I, I do see how it could got the 84 Metacritic. I think got eight out of nine on uh, IGN. It's mm-hmm. great. It's a fun game. Like, it, it, you know, it's, yeah, co- copy and paste for me pretty much, but I, I enjoy picking it up and playing it again. So I think the justification for it not not maybe creeping up to that 9 or 10 mark is because, A, there's not enough new stuff in it, but B, is that, and this tends to happen a lot with Nintendo online games, there's a lot in there that it still just kind of feels a little bit archaic. It feels like you're waiting a long time for matches. Um, when you get in, there's communication errors and it boots you out of matches after that. Um, you know, the, when you get into the lobby, the it's like you go to the lobby, but then when you're in the lobby, you got to go walk to the lobby again in order to get to the match. But and then if you get booted out of a match, you've got to walk all the way back so to the slow. lobby again. And, you know, it's not like you're running fast. It's it's a pain in the mm. ass to do it. <laughs> and it just kind of feels like, why is this, why why am I doing this? You know, why, why can't this just be a push of a button? There you're we go. If I cut can, out the game a bit. If I get it... booted out, why can't I just go back into a match, you know, or like get, get logged into a different match? It feels very slow stop starty and it would be better for a game of this kind of pace if it was just a little bit snappier to get into matches um and and to get in uh, underway but mm. yeah there you go there you go you guys got a uh, discerning gamer score for us out of 10 it's a bit it's a bit early for that but a bit I, early. I mean I, i'd tend to, right. i'd tentatively give it a, a probably an an eight discerning game as yeah out i reckon it, i reckon about seven and a half eight hmm Still oh, a solid, respectable score. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, it's fucking good. But it's, it's just the difference. The thing is, it's like, it, it's similar to these Last of Us reviews, right? How can you review something three times in a row mm. when it's pretty much the same package? <laughs> it, it really is, you know, in a weird way. There's little tiny upgrades to it. I feel like this could be a game that would benefit from just being Splatoon and then there's version 3, version 4, version 5 and it's all the same game but it gets updated kind of like Fortnite or right. Overwatch. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Hmm. yeah. Well, do, do we see Splatoon 3 having the longevity? Yeah, you know, yeah. 
you're still going to be picking it up in a week or four weeks or you know a couple of months or i think uh, so no i think it's got enough coming to it that you know there's going to be some big dlc coming to it as well who knows it might change that sort of there might be more online modes as well coming to that big well if that happens then yes i will pick it up again but i'll I'll play it until the next game comes out (laughs) then once it's out of the switch i'm i ain't gonna go back and get a cartridge out and put it back Mm. Well, you heard it here first. Um, <laughs> Splatoon wow. three. Well, fucking you, you fucking fucking you, bloody you, bloody you, bloody bastard, you, you, bloody, fucking All right, excellent. Well, uh, Simo, what have you got for uh, your upcoming Nintendo Direct news? Oh, fuck me. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Um, the other day, I was um, <laughs> I was perusing YouTube and um, I was I was sniffing about for something new, something fun, something new, fresh and exciting. And um, I came across uh, a headline which said, Nintendo Direct has been delayed. Oh and I was like, fuck me. <laughs> when did that get announced? Hasn't been announced yet. There was some rumours flying oh around my God. <laughs> that it was being delayed because the the Queen died, and um, that was that was the kind of the beginning of the rumour. But now they're saying it's not been delayed, and it is coming next week. And guess what? It's definitely happening. It's definitely happening because somebody on Twitter said so. <laughs> and my my mind's circling over. I'm like a um, I'm like a uh, a kid at a, a van at the side of the school when they've opened it up and there's candy in there and a couple of sex toys and I'm ready, you know. And I'm, oh, I'm looking in, I'm going, I'm fucking all in. And um, I'm excited. This, it, this is, here's the, here's the sitch. Here it is. Here it is. Um, the Nintendo Direct is going to be getting announced on the, uh, well, this is in America, so... Um, it will be getting announced on the 12th of September in America, so the 13th in Austral. I love and this is news for you. This that, is that fucking a, that exciting. A, that a direct is going to be announced. And then like... it will be coming out the day after on the 14th or the 15th here in Australia. So set your bloody stopwatches or whatever you do when you your alarm. That's probably more applicable for this situation. Set your fucking alarm <laughs> because um, Nintendo Direct happening and it's going to be a fucking banger and the reason uh, look i think it is going to happen in my opinion means nothing but i know it's definitely happening because of today in the <laughs> ubisoft forward we saw a bit of sparks of hope and they just teased um the rayman dlc for for um for mario plus rabbit sparks of hope and you know what i reckon they're just gonna you know do what they do in every nintendo direct they announce a game a couple of days before and then in the nintendo go hey this is coming so um you know <laughs> fucking everybody get your socks out it's gonna be it's gonna be a good um a good little uh little couple of days and then who knows next week i'll be covering the real nintendo direct for once which will be so nice well <laughs> nintendo <laughs> direct real news son of a bitch happy it's next week everyone mm. well we should it here first i can feel it in my loins my, my thighs it's, it's coming it's coming in you know i can feel it working oh, its way in right i'm working it into oh. my thighs it's, it's happening fucking hell <laughs> well that uh that sounds good all right uh, is, is that all you had to say about it no because you you know what we're going to see some good games there everyone we're going to get a breath of the wild 2 um we're going to actually know what the name of it is this is definitely happening. So set your clocks. Because... A bit more exciting than the uh, old Ubisoft, uh, what do you call it? What, what... Well, fuck me. Ubisoft Forward, everyone. The Ubisoft Forward. Did you see this? Who's seen the Ubisoft Forward? Put your hands up. I can't see your hands, but put them up. I haven't got Nobody? around to I haven't got around to watching any of the stuff, so fill us in, oh, well, Steely. Let me fill it in for you, all right? Here it is. Here's the fucking Ubisoft <laughs> Forward for you. This is going to make me so angry. Here it is. Okay, so um, we all got to see all your guys' favourite games, Skull and Bones. I didn't watch it because I couldn't be fucked. Um, so I didn't watch the Skull and Bones trailer. Emotional damage! 
Couldn't give three shits about that. And then I, just for fun, JFF watched the um, the roundup of Assassin's Creed news. And now this, and, and this happens. I thought this was a joke. Yeah, and tell me now, right? So Assassin's Creed Mirage was uh, properly announced and we got an announcement trailer that was completely cinematic in typical ubisoft style so there was no fucking gameplay so basically all we looked at was someone who was really good at fucking cgi (laughs) and making everyone get hyped for a game that is going to be shit and is absolutely going to fuck everyone to pieces (laughs) but if you close Doesn't end there though, everyone. It doesn't fucking end there. You're just warming up, you stupid. No, these these fuckholes at Ubisoft (laughs) then proceeded to give us teaser trailers for another four Assassins. Wait, four or three? Another two. Number three. There was three of them. Thank you very much. Three Assassins Creed games um, that were just these. Yeah, one was actual in-game footage, which was fucking bizarre that they showed the in-game footage for one game and not the game that they announced, which was their next big one being, anyway. So codename Jade. Yep, that's where we saw some in-game footage. It was just a fucking bird flying through China and then it's up at the top of the building and a guy jumps off. No, that was China, the first one. And then the red one, codename Red was in China. It was just a guy came down with a katana on a building and then it was like Assassin's Creed, Project Red, get excited because fuck. And then the last thing that we saw was <laughs> Assassin's Creed um, Hex. Hex. And it just came down. It just kind of looked like the Blair Witch Project but Assassin's Creed. So there you go. We've got four Assassin's Creed games in it. Was, <laughs> was there any timeline yeah. for any of these games or they just... No! Nah, nah. And now tell me what fuckwit decided that they were going to put up a whole bunch of teaser trailers for a whole bunch of fucking games with no gameplay and then expect Somebody like me, who's a big cynic of Ubisoft at this point, I'm sure you you probably didn't know that. <laughs> well, we're, um, ca- we're catching on, on how that. Am I, yeah. <laughs> how am I meant to get excited for that? What a bunch of fuckwits. I just find it weird. on the one game, yes. make it good for once. I just find it weird that they would even announce mm. any future games right now when they should be in, focusing on Mirage. Anyway, that stressed me just, out that there's so many. I thought it was a joke. <laughs> I thought there was like... And that's what, exactly what it, Ubisoft forward, more like Ubisoft looking too far forward. Is that's too too much, too much Assassin's Creed emotional damage. I, mean, I wasn't awesome. I wasn't sure when to drop that one in, but uh, uh, it was you can just... drop it in whenever you like. You're fuck, he's it. done. Oh, I'm done. I'm sweating. <laughs> oh, I'm ready to, to shreds. Well, um, <laughs> fucking hell, I don't even know where to go with that. Um, Ubisoft. Hey, but we saw um, Assassin's Creed Sparks of Hope there, which looked really fucking good. Assassin's Creed. No, what's Murray plus Rabbit Sparks of Hope? <laughs> Whoops. Well, that Assassin's really Creed good. Sparks of Hope. Okay. Well, I, I need it's Sparks a, of Hope to re- game. revive that fucking franchise, I tell you. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. Uh, now, this, this week, um, I picked up The Last of Us Part 1 on. PS5, so this is the rebuilt version that um, Naughty Dog have rebuilt specifically for PlayStation 5, Um, not only incorporating all the graphics uh, features that PS5 brings to the table, but also bringing in a lot of the features of the the DualSense controller as well, Um, adaptive triggers, the haptics, um, even like the little light bar around yeah, yeah. the the touchpad and everything, it's all been brought into the fold. And um, so I bought it, played through the entire game, and um, just I've got to say, off the the top, I have not played The Last of Us Part One oh. or Two mm. prior to playing this version. So the comments that I'm going to make, are basically with a set of fresh eyes, not not having had played through the game previously and uh well first first off the bat i have to tip my hat to naughty dog for not only creating a game that looks visually stunning and it does look visually stunning um it plays in a really engaging way there's amazing scenery to soak in and view so whoever the artists were that created the environments and and everything 
in which the game is based have just fucking nailed it. It, it, if I can make a comparison, it's like um, it's got that sort of same post-apocalyptic feel that Fallout does, but without that 1950s sort of vibe mm. to it. Like it's almost like like if you took today's world and made it post-apocalyptic, what would that look like? Not mm. not a reimagined sort of version of it. Um, and they just nail it like the the grunge, the the sort of that feeling that everything's just sort of really trashed and worn out and dirty and everything like they just capture that aesthetic perfectly um and like there's just so many things to to comment on um the the story of the game like is amazing and like sometimes i just kept playing because i got i just had to know what was going to happen next in the story it was just um, it's it really is no wonder that the they're turning it into a TV series because mm. um, the story alone was just great and it wasn't just your sort of run of the mill zombie sort of um, apocalypse mm. story like the Walking Dead sort of thing. Mm. There's it's a lot more about the the people and their relationships to one another and everything more so than it is about the the sort of zombie apocalypse uh, going on, but um it's not they're not sort of zombies as such they're they're being infected with a like a fungus um mm. which is <clears throat> changing them um they call clickers is that they clickers yeah aren't they? like one of the stages of the infection they become clickers so they can't see and they make these clicking noises to sort of echo locate around yeah, the yeah. place um scary as fuck too the those bloody uh. things mm. um but like some of the things that they've they've done, so at at one point in the game when I was playing through, like you've got a, a torch that's just like on the strap of your backpack and you can shine it around to see where you're going. And the torch started wigging out and like started like flickering on me. And so you've got to get the controller and sort of like bang it on your hand like you would like a torch yeah. that's running flat <laughs> and then the torch sort of comes good again. Like um so like little things like that, I'm like oh, yeah, that's that's a cool little little feature, you know, for the controller. Mm. Um, so the other thing, like um, the dialogue between the two main characters of the game, Ellie and Joel in particular, was just so well written. Like these characters had me forget many times that I was playing a video game and thinking I was watching a movie. Like just it was just so well written, and then. Uh, also so well acted afterwards um you, you just you can't help but just imagine that this is just a regular conversation going on between two people it didn't at any point feel like it was scripted you know yeah. and and so hats off to the writers and the actors playing those yeah. those parts because they they did such such a bloody good job and you know if if they weren't there supporting the whole thing it really doesn't matter how good the video game is it would you know, it it just wouldn't you know be the same without that. Um, so, uh, like things that I noticed when you play as Ellie, um, who's like a fourteen year old girl, there's there's little things like as you're sort of just jogging along, like she reaches up and readjusts her ponytail and like you know puts her hair tie back on, you mm. know, and and shit like that. Just little things that they've dropped in there that just adds to that level of realism of of the game where you can imagine you know someone actually doing that in real life mm. um or there's a point where she's complaining to joel about how hungry she is like she's going, oh god i'm starving when are we gonna eat you know and he's like yeah yeah i know i know and yeah you know, these are just like conversations that are happening like while you're just sort of cruising around um uh the the wilderness uh, the the next thing that I noticed is like when you upgrade weapons at the workbenches, like so there's you can only upgrade your weapons when you get to a workbench. Um, the enhancements that you do to your weapons aren't just like boosts in their stats, so like reload speed or ammunition capacity or whatever, but they visibly change the look of the weapon. So for example, when you upgrade the pump action shotgun to hold more ammunition. 
like Joel physically takes the weapon apart and he adds like an extension piece onto the end of the magazine tube and then screws it all back together and everything like so you can actually mm. see mm. like changes like relevant changes happening to the weapons as you're upgrading them uh, there's another one like that gives you a, a reload speed boost to the bow and arrow and he adds like another piece to the center part of the bow and arrow like to the bow and mm. it's got like a little aiming sort of reticule on it and everything so um that that whole process just made the the upgrading something really to look forward to mm. and then as you're cruising around through the game you find toolboxes like you know every now and then and when you open them like you get a new tool for your toolkit that you then use to do the upgrades and you can only do certain upgrades once you've got once you've found certain tools out in the out in the wild Mm. um so that that was like a really cool feature as well like i really like that um the only frustrating thing is the um the the like screws and things that you use to upgrade are, are pretty scarce throughout the game and um i didn't get to upgrade uh, upgrade a lot of my weapons to the level that i would have liked to so mm. a bit of a completionist in that regard and i thought oh fuck it would have been cool to get everything find a few of, more screws yeah everything maxed out but you know wasn't uh, wasn't to be um and uh wow the level of gore in this game is fucking amped up to 11 so at one point in the game you can create like a tin can full of explosives and knives and scissors and uh, you throw it like a proximity mine and like when people approach it it just explodes and like just shreds their legs and and you know sometimes it'll just straight up blow them in half and they'll just be lying on the ground with all their guts uh, sort of <laughs> spilling out on the floor it's uh, it's fucked like it's uh, but but you know like fucked in a in a good way um, and uh, like um, at one point when I was playing as Joel, I got caught by one of the bloater uh, creatures and it began tearing the top of my head off and my eyeballs popped out just as the screen sort of cut to black. It was, it was fucked. I was like, oh my fucking God. Um, so uh, it was, yeah, terrifying. Um, so, yeah, in, in summary, I, I don't want to spoil too much of the story for anyone that may not have played it. Uh, without any hesitation, I give the game nine and a half dissenting gamers out of ten. Mm. Uh, label it a must-play for anyone with a PS5. Um, it's easily right up there with the likes of God of War 2018, Ghost of Tsushima, and Horizon. Um, and in my mind, it, it, it reinforces the concept that studios like Naughty Dog, Sucker Punch, Guerrilla, and Santa Monica are just... They're top-tier first-party studios for a very good reason, mm. and the games that they make are just consistently AAA titles and fucking amazing to play. So, mm. um, yeah, that that was that's pretty much my my summary of the game. And uh, yeah, if you haven't played it, definitely grab it and pick it up. Um, has anyone else had the opportunity to give it a go? I've never played... I think we've talked about this previously. I don't know if it was on the show or not, but I've never played any of the Last of Us games, original, number two, remastered, or anything. But, you know, from what I'm what I'm hearing from you, JB, and I think I rattled off the Metacritic score, which, which was only 89, um, in comparison to the original, which I think was 95. I think people, from everything I've read and what you're saying, I don't think that review score should put anyone off who has not ever played the game into thinking that this new um, Part 1 PS5 version is the must-play version of the game. Um, I know you can play, I think it's the remastered one, I think is free on, I'm not too sure what tier of PS it is. Uh, it's on. It's free as a, just a PS Plus Essential, yeah. um, so you can you can get it. Yeah, you know, without having upgraded your your basic PlayStation Plus membership, uh, but it's just the remaster, so it doesn't yeah. look quite as nice, and it doesn't have all the yeah uh, the and added that, features for the controller and everything that yeah. the new one does. And knowing that, I think yeah, I think, and from what you're sounding, encouraging people if you've never played it before, go for the best experience you can with this game. Spend the money, mm. um, and you know. I can't wait to give this one a go. I know we've talked about this before. I'm, you know, I've got that many games in the back catalogue. I'm not, you know, looking to dive in straight away. At no doubt, at some point, number two will get redone as well. And then when they get that one and two package together, that's 
yeah, that's going to be amazing. An amazing value as well. Um, so I'm really looking forward to to number two and a package coming out at some point. And in addition to the main game, it also comes bundled with um, what I think might have been a, a DLC for the original, mm. uh, which is like an extra chapter to mm. the story called Left Behind. And um, playing through that, that was actually one of my favourite chapters of the game. Mm. And um, definitely worth also playing through that chapter if um, uh, if you haven't already, because... Um, yeah, it um, it's largely an Ellie-centric story, but it sort of jumps between like the current timeline and like a flashback that she's had prior to the events of the game. So, mm-hmm. um, and th- there was just so much stuff that they'd crammed into that chapter. Um, easily one of the best chapters of the game, mm. uh, without sure. a doubt. Uh, so, mm. yeah. Just so much content there, well worth uh, the price tag um, that's got attached, which is about 120 bucks at the moment. So mm-hmm. it's not a, not a cheap game, but uh, it, it honestly, if you're going to spend 120 dollars on any game, that one is is a no brainer. Money well spent. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you won't Absolutely. regret it. Um, and yeah, it makes me want to go and play part two now. But I'll I'll, I'll let this one uh, marinate for a little while before I. Uh, before I go Move and jump on. into uh, into the next uh, chapter, um, sure. I think you said it um, best before as well, JB. That you know a lot of the um, the best exclusive games to play are on PlayStation. And this, I think, when when this game first came out, I think that really sort of solidified me as a PlayStation player. You know what I mean? I think that was the one sort of thing that made me go, "Oh, you know what? I I want to I want to play PlayStation from now on because." The exclusives are so good, and there is just even in the original release, there is so much detail and mm. um, care and thought put into these games. And I'm just so glad you've gotten to experience it for the first time and one of yeah. the best ways to play it because I'm so eager to play this again. Um, yet I know that I'm not going to like I'm going to remember so much of it, and it's going to be not the same experience. You know, it, it will yeah. still be amazing seeing it all again in such a um, a, um, a much better kind of finished product, but um, it's it's just unreal. And I think um, you said it um, really well as well before when you mentioned that unlike The Walking Dead, it's focusing purely on really relationships. And when you eventually play number two, it feels the same way. You know, mm-hmm. it just feels like that you are caring about people and their stories rather than um the, the the thing that has happened to happen is that the whole world has gone to shit but you're still looking at these people just as everyday people you know and, mm. and you're feeling for everyone's story and you're realizing that no one person is is special you care about everyone in in their own little way you know and you feel bad or good about certain decisions it's a, a triumph in in game making and um, you know, it makes you care about all of your decisions, even the ones that you don't get to make, you know, <laughs> like you still care about the fact that these characters are doing what they're doing. And I think that's just unreal. Yeah. I mean, the the, the emotions run so high in, in this game and, and throughout the story. There's there's things that happen that, that you know, drew a few tears, uh, things that happen that you you're like, you know, punching the air going, yeah, fuck yeah, you know, like, um, you know, and then there's things that happen that you're just like, oh my God, that was dark as fuck, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, so you're riding the full sort of emotional roller coaster throughout this whole game and, um, mm. you know, uh, for better and worse, like, um, but you, you come out the end of it and go, fuck, that was an experience, like, mm. that was just an amazing experience and, you know, like I, I want to say too, like by complementing studios like Naughty Dog and and you know a lot of the other first party PlayStation studios, I'm I'm not personally trying to you know throw any shade at um at any of Xbox's first party studios because I mean Microsoft have got Bethesda who are an amazing studio in their own right and have created games that I've really bloody enjoyed over the years from you know Fallout Three and Four and uh and sort of oblivion and skyrim and all that um, they're all incredible games and now with the Act- activision blizzard 
acquisition. I mean, fuck me, I've played so many Blizzard games over the years. The the list is huge, but um, it just seems that um, PlayStation have really, uh, like Sony, have just really acquired such an amazing group of different studios that all just have different strengths. And um, I mean, Naughty Dog are just <clears throat> incredible with what mm. they're they're churning out. There, uh, no one can sort of uh, question um, how good they are. And uh, like I said. Sucker Punch with Ghost of Tsushima and Gorilla with the Horizon games and and now Santa Monica are about to launch God of War Ragnarok. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, all of these titles are just amazing PlayStation titles. And as much as I want to play games like Starfield and and whatever the next mm-hmm. Fallout game is in the series, um, I'm just so bloody glad that I bought a PS5 because to miss out on on these mm-hmm. experiences would have been would have been really disappointing. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. All, I mean, all those developers that you've just rattled off, just the bar that they've set for their games and their storytelling. And like, I mean, just listening to you talk about the attention to detail when you customize your weapon, you don't, you don't have to do that. They don't have to go to that level of detail, but they do because they care about what they're doing and they, and that's where they set their bar for their games. And yeah. what we as the players are rewarded with, they're just, you know, these are once in a generational sort of experiences um, in gaming. So, and, and kudos to them. When a game is just so good, it's it's these little Easter eggs and these little things that you notice, these little details that you notice that that make a game from being great to being mm. like extraordinary. That just pushes it to that next level. Yeah. And you know, I've heard some interviews that they've done with um, some of the Naughty Dog uh, development team. Uh, on the official PlayStation podcast, and you can just tell that these people love what they're doing. Mm-hmm. They they really care about the the game, the characters, all of the development. They they're there to push the envelope and make sure that what they're delivering to players, um, you know, pushes the the platform pushes the whole industry forward. You know, it's not just oh, there's a game we just want to make you know a billion dollars on it. Mm. It's it's there to to push the industry forward as opposed to like a like a FIFA or whatever. Oh, it's yeah. just there to you know churn dollars for uh, for a, a, yeah. a big company. So um, and, yeah, and it's worth celebrating and highlighting because yeah, like you said, there's plenty of um, developers and publishers in the industry who are just pushing out shit, unfinished games, you know, yeah. microtransaction riddled games, live service games, and it's just yeah, it's good that there's people still making great single player video games that are just amazing experiences so kudos and, to naughty dog and here's hoping that uh cd project red uh managed to steady the ship after mm. after uh, a bit of a wobble yeah a bit of a wobble with uh, cyberpunk and and with the next um with the next uh i guess game in the witcher series let's hope that they uh come back to form and, um, Mm. you know, fix things. Fingers crossed. All right. Well, it is time now for our patented novelty segment. And this week, we are bringing back a segment that we did back in episode eight, I believe it was. Mm Mm-hmm where we put forward a description of a, a, a cherished video game or video game series and uh, we, we really twist and change the description so that it becomes almost unrecognisable in the hope that uh, we're going to uh, fool the other members of the DG crew. Mm. Um, so I've, I've thrown... Three together. Um, three. Wowee. But uh, oh wow! But, that, but that's okay. That's okay. We don't have to do all three. But I've I've, I've, I've tried to uh, get prepared. Um, and uh, Ferg's comment of uh, let's let's make it some games that all the crew will know. I've I've been I've really been quite careful to make sure that these are games that mm. everyone will have seen and 
they'll it's know a, what these games are. So. It's a tricky one to prep for because, yeah, you make the assumption based on the game that we've all played, but maybe not. So we'll uh, we'll go in this and we'll just see how this all pans out. We'll Who, now, the other, the other rule to this game, even if you know the answer... Let the uh, the person get the the full description out uh, before jumping in, because uh, uh, some of these are are really fun to read, and I'd I'd hate to not to get the option to to get it all the way out. So, uh, who would like to go first? Well, you've got three JBs. You might as well get one out of the road. All right. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, uh, here we go. All right, game number one. Is everyone everyone listening? I've got my hand on the buzzer, JB. I'm ready, go. All right. All right, yep, Simon. Not, not, not yet, mate. Yes. Yep, good, all right. It's working, it's good, it's working. All right, here we go. In this game, the protagonist, who is a peeping Tom and serial pest, travels around agitating a range of creatures in their natural habitat in order to capture intimate and voyeuristic images of them as part of a sick and twisted competition. (laughs) The salacious judge of the competition eagerly awards a greater number of points if the creatures are agitated to the point of enragement by having objects thrown at them, which either antagonise the creatures by harming them or, in some instances, violently catapulting the creatures several metres in an inhumane manner simply for the protagonist's (laughs) amusement. What game am I? This is an easy one. An well, easy I don't one. Want to guess it. I want somebody else to guess. Uh, is it Pokemon Snap? <laughs> yes, <Nice>. it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Oh, good. It's one of those things. I was doubting myself. I'm like, yeah, the way that, yeah, very good, JB. Peeping Tom. Yeah. <laughs> I was. Uh, I was almost going to put in there that the guy's name's like Tom. No, no, no it's like. I don't know, his name's like Tony Snap or something. I'm like, nah, that'll fucking give it away. So, uh, nah, I won't worry about it. But yes, you were correct. Pokemon Snap. Right. Who's next? Come on, Simo. Yeah. Oh, here I come. Here I come. Part part the waves. Uh, Here I come. Um, Get this. A group of woodland creatures go to space and set up a colony create their own Space Force military and then seek to restore balance to the galaxy by traveling across the star system they now inhabit by defeating an army created by a giant digital monkey. What game is that? It's not Star Fox, is That's it? That's what I was going to say. Is well, it Star Fox? shit the bed, JB. <laughs> you got it in one. Nice. <laughs> or uh, Lilat Wars yeah. for uh, our Australian listeners. Uh, yeah. yeah, everybody knows the Star Fox now. That that was a really strange time. It was a strange time when they called it Lilat Wars. Yeah. All Great right. game. Yeah. Ferg, what do you got? Okay. I wish I was as creative as uh, you two guys as far as coming up with a, a very creative description. I, I'm a little bit nervous about mine. I'm sort of... When I first picked this game, I was like, yeah, no, nah, everyone's played this. This is an absolute classic from the time. But I'm a little bit more worried. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you some pretty, you know, straight facts and we'll just see how we go. So I've gone... I'm resorting to a wiki... For some of my info, but let's get into it. Right, so this is a third-person shooter with shoot 'em up and action adventure elements, in which the player controls the player character from a third-person perspective in a 3D environment. <laughs> How are we going? That sounds like just about 95% of the games ever made. <laughs> I, know, I know the one you're talking about. Though. Yeah, that's it. So the game places strong emphasis on shooting large numbers of enemies while dodging their attacks. Weapons have no magazine restrictions and include things such as grenades, pistols, machine guns, sniper rifles, rocket launchers, flamethrowers, among others. Super Mario 64. Not quite, but you're. if I can give you a hint, you're sort of in this nice, similar time period. Okay. All right. So, although much of the game is spent in battle, the player has the ability to jump, hang from ledges, swim, fly, and use jetpacks when needed. In combat, the player is free to set on a manual aiming system with the targeting camera fixed behind the character's head. Using this technique, crosshairs appear on screen and the player character becomes translucent so the players can aim and shoot with finesse. Hmm. 
In the game's single-player mode, the player must explore a galaxy that's composed of 15 non-linear worlds. Each world is composed of a series of stages with areas interconnected by different types of doors. Um, although the player has a certain amount of health which decreases when attacked by enemies, health recovery gems and ammunition crates can be collected throughout the world to increase the player's resources. Power-ups can also be found to expand the player's health and ammunition capacity. While progressing through the game, the player takes control of three different characters. Juno, Vela, and Lupus. Oh, I know this one! Each character has a special ability that allows them to uncover areas which the other characters cannot reach. In addition to the single-player mode, and this was probably my favourite component of the game... It features a multiplayer mode where two to four players can compete in traditional deathmatch games. Mm-hmm. What else have we got? This game came out in 1999 mm-hmm. on the Nintendo yeah. 64. It's one of Simon Simon Steely McLaughlin's favorite games of all time. Oh yeah! All right, you take this one, Steely. I'll give. It's I'll... Jet Force, motherfucking Gemini. Mm-hmm. Bitch. There it is, Jet Force Gemini, the N64 yeah. rare. You ever played this well, one, J- no, JB? Never no, played. I can't say Jet- I ever did. No. Did you play this one, Casey? Nope. Jet Force Gemini. Did, I'm dying yeah. for a remaster. I'll buy next if it comes out on it. Yeah, so it was bundled up yeah. in rare, the rare collection or whatever it was on Xbox back in twenties, oh, whatever that was. Um, so they, yeah, it was in the rare replay video game, which is a compiler compilation on xbox one in 2015 mm. um but it's it's been very quiet i know we did a segment around sequels and stuff that we'd love to see yeah jet force gemini that multiplayer was so much fun it was fantastic i kind you of feel bad that i didn't play it fun mm. yeah I, I was gonna do that game for my game and then i thought to myself no nah, no nah, nobody will know that yeah <laughs> 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 classic well, one of one of dark. rares yeah Sort of, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Delicious. All right. Well, um, thanks, Fu. No worries. Casey, what have you got? What's game number one? All right. I'm hoping this is not too too easy, but all right. Five points if you can guess the series. A hundred points if you can guess the actual game from the series. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's a big point margin. <laughs> This is the uh, the golden snitch of uh, of this game. That's all right. Yep. Oh fuck. All right. Aided with the help of a friendly, buoyant ally, ally. What did I say, ally? Ally. <laughs> I'll start again. <laughs> That's what happens in Casey's alleys. Of... <laughs> yeah. Yep, sorry. <laughs> Aided with the help of a friendly, buoyant ally. An apple-loving marsupial and their sibling embark on a long journey through time and space to collect precious stones to prevent the enemy collecting to prevent the enemy collecting the stones. Who also plans to use it use the energy to enslave the Earth? Wow, I, I <laughs> my fuck my words on that one, but there you go. A buoyant ally. Mm. <clears throat> I mean. Is it Crash? It's definitely Crash. Crash Bandicoot. Well, he, it is Crash Bandicoot. That's one yes. fruit, so I think we might need some more details to get the specific game. <laughs> oh, you keep forgetting it's not an apple, is it? To enslave the earth. Well, it wouldn't be Crash 2, would it? No, no, it's number three. Crash? It's Crash Bandicoot Warped number three. Punk no, one, no one else got it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> got I was on the right. I was on the right. Yeah, Good I was job. on the, yeah, yeah. the series. Yeah, you were dancing buoyant around the right. Ally. Yeah. Who the fuck is the buoyant ally? The, the Aku Aku mask. But yeah, the mask guy. Well, I originally wrote a buoyant <laughs> yeah, the floating... tribal mask, and I thought that the was ooga 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 Yeah, yeah. I just think of they're in ooga water. Ooga. And I was like, what'd you say? Oh, I think buoyancy, and I think they're in water. See, this is where this fucked me up. Because I was sitting there going, oh, yeah, somebody in water. Okay. I was Not thinking Kirby because Kirby sort of floats, but yeah. Anyway, yeah. Well. I went to Google and typed in "floating synonym." Oh no, it was good. It was good, all right? 
<laughs> you, imagine, you imagine the guys at Google just going, oh, what has everybody uh, searched up today? Um, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Floating cinnamon? I don't think anything surprises <laughs> they do it a the, crossword or? Uh, the, the people at Google these days. No, All right, no, so here just... we go. Here we go. Here's game number two. Here's game number two. Have you heard about this? Uh, here, here we go. go. All right. <laughs> Now, I've done my best to try and disguise this game, but uh, I think it's probably going to be reasonably obvious, but we'll we'll try it anyway. (coughs) So, a highly intelligent member of the scientific community, in an effort to advance the knowledge of the human race, designs and builds a series of ever more intelligent robots, enhancing the natural abilities of existing fauna. His experiments are, however, cut short when his equipment is destroyed by a creature with super abilities and a bad attitude. Mm -hmm. The destructive creature abusively targets the scientist in a series of different locations, indicating an unhealthy obsession bordering on psychopathy, before finally having his powers further enhanced by a series of coloured psychosilicate rocks, which make (laughs) the psychotic creature invincible at the height of his thirst for blood. What game am I? (laughs) Uh, uh, no, I got nothing. It's, it's Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> no. Yeah, you were right, Simon. So uh, oh, I tell you, when you, when you started saying that he was uh, building a robotic, like, and I was like, oh yeah, yeah probably it's probably Sonic. <laughs> but then when you were like, but be using. <laughs> Existing fauna. I was like, yeah, I know this one. Oh, love it. Yeah, love that. Uh, that you got it. Good. You got it. All right. All right. What's yeah. the third one, JB? Hit me. Uh, all right. All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll give this one to you, but uh, this this one's going to be controversial. All right. Controversial. All right. So in this game, the main protagonist is a human who has only recently moved to a village on a secluded island inhabited by a range of anthropomorphized creatures. The protagonist engages in entomology, catching marine life, and paleontology in the pursuit of earning money to replay the crippling mortgage on his residential home to the owner of a local store. He's also also expected (laughs) to contribute to the development of the surrounding village and attend various events organized by the local fauna. What game am I? I did it, but I did not do it that good. <laughs> I, s- I could have sworn that you did that, that exact. I, I, either no, I'm having deja vu. Yeah, but I'm pretty. Oh, I don't know. I feel like JB's. Totally Animal Crossing. Definitely yeah. Animal Crossing. Ding, ding. It is. I, I actually totally forgot that that, that, that one had been done last time because it was so long yeah, ago. But, you know why? Because I did not do a very good job. So that was very good. Oh, that's classic. Classic. All right. The crippling mortgage. Love it. If you've ever played Animal Crossing, you can uh, sympathise with that statement because, yes. Always. All right, Ferg, what do you got? You got a number two for us? I don't have a number two. I'm, oh, okay. I'm frantically looking for one. I'll, um, oh, no, that's, no, that's all right. I've got one, but again, I, I'm, I'm, we'll see if anyone knows this one. I, I think if anyone's going to get it, it might be Steely. All right. Let's, Here we let's go. Give it to us. Put me to the test. Um, this game was originally envisaged as a sequel to Remedy's previous game, Alan Wake. The game's focus was shifted to time travel. Um, this was a Microsoft exclusive. Um, uh, it was, f- yeah, sorry, it was shifted to time travel as Microsoft wanted a new IP with interactive storytelling. The team consulted scientists while creating the fictional fictional science in the game while, yeah, I know it. while the video game portion was developed internally by remedy and the and directed by studio veteran sam lake the tv side of the game was developed by lifeboat productions the game was announced in mid 2013 and was set to release in 2015 but its release was delayed to avoid competition with other xbox one exclusives it received a positive reception, with critics praising the game's graphics, gameplay, presentation, performances, and story. Critics, though, had mixed opinions regarding the platforming elements, the convergence of video game and television, and the overall quality of the TV show. In the game, the player plays as Jack Joyce, who has time manipulation powers in a world where time stutters, 
making everything freeze except Joyce. Players face a variety of enemies, including monarchs, security guards, strikers who are equipped with specially designed suits which allow them to manipulate time, and juggernauts, heavily armoured enemies equipped with very strong firearms. Have Is this got, ringing any bells, Simon? Yeah, I, I, I had it ages ago. I had it at the very start. I, I think I called it out, but you might not have heard me. Oh, Mister, um, I was too one, busy. And the only reason why I know... Yeah, why do you remember this, this one, game, Steely? I, I know this one because the guy that plays the main character is the guy from Animorphs. Um, <laughs> and it's quantum break everyone it is i thought you i thought you might have remembered this one steely because you and casey actually bought this for me for my birthday do well, you remember you that go. in 2015 no I, no I probably did do it but i don't remember doing it well there you You're go <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, it, any recollection of quantum break joel do you remember this one nah, i haven't this, played that this game was sort of i suppose its point of difference was that it inter it integrated sorry a tv show into the game so you would play a level and you'd get an episode of a tv show oh, which for cool. its time was um yeah a pretty insane and unique sort of feature of a video game so as you played out yeah. the game you'd get to a period of time which would then continue on in a tv format and then you'd play another section and then you'd watch 30 and the episodes were 30 minutes long oh, it, was, wow. it was interesting and I, I remember for the time, it was a really, really, like, a stunningly beautiful game. Like, the graphics were something else. Mm. Um, and, yeah, like I was rattling off, it was around time manipulation and sort of had some puzzle and platforming and sort of combat things based around being able to freeze people in time. Oh, very good. No, I haven't played anyway. that one. But, uh, all right. Um, Steely, have you got another one for us? I, it took me. It was hard enough for me to come up with fucking Star Fox, JB. I only did it when we were just starting the show. Okay. Mm, no. <laughs> me neither. Sorry, I'm just going one. All right. Well, uh, that's the end of the game show. <laughs> oh, not enough time for me to come up with. It. <laughs> And that also brings us to the end of the episode. So thank you very much for listening. And I'd like to say a big thank you to the DG crew. As always, Fergus, Fergamon Hamilton, thank you very much. Thanks, JB. Always a pleasure, mate. Uh, Simon Steely McLaughlin. Thank you so much, JB. And remember, everyone, if you smell your fingers and it smells a bit like poo, wash your hands. Oh, sorry. It's always good <laughs> And uh, last, last but not least, uh, Casey <laughs> Pistol Pete McLaughlin. Yeah, that's me. Thanks, Joel. <laughs> You're welcome. Well, they call me. And if you want to uh, get in touch with us, uh, we're on all the socials. Uh, you can send us an email. Details in the show notes, <laughs> and we'll see you next week. Uh, Bye. See ya. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you better wash my hands. Fuck. <laughs>